0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Sandra Bennett.
1: So I'm just going to run over a couple of points, literally like one point from last week. And on and off you might hear me refer to it within this morning. And so um, Pastor Clive made a comment in, about detoxing from busyness and being driven um, And I know that for me personally, is I'm the type of person, and we, let me just retract slightly. So on Tuesday evening, we run our small group. So there's a plug. There's a small group going Tuesday evenings that me and Gary run. And um, a few members hadn't been to church Sunday. So we re-ran the video from Pastor Clive that we did Sunday. And then we discussed it at the end. And I had been out in the children's work uh, last week. So I didn't hear... The video until Tuesday and I don't know about anyone else that sat and listened to that Um, how many of you were here for that how many of you quite a few so how many of you felt some form of conviction about what you were listening to because I know I did especially about the bit about being driven because my character is quite driven now my family know that I can also be quite lazy and I'm quite happy lounging around on the sofa allowing my husband to wait on me with cups of coffee yeah but I'm also quite a driven person and some, sometimes the problem with that is you can get so caught up with everything that needs to be done that you squeeze God out and that you have less time for the Lord and you're too busy doing works so this is the problem. I know it's not everyone's problem. Some people are much more laid back, much more casual, and they'll have other challenges like being a bit apathetic or not having enough drive, if you like, for want of a better word. Um, but for me, it really spoke to me because of this whole business about being driven. And I can give you a, like a really strange but silly example of this, how I've always been like this. So when I was 16, the Lord said to me, you're going to be a nurse. Great, that's cool, I'm going to be a nurse. And the boy I was interested in at the time, I actually said, I'm really sorry, I'm not interested anymore because God's told me I'm going to be a nurse. Because I thought, I'm going to be a nurse, I'm going to travel the world, I'm going to be a missionary, I'm going to be out there, and I'll be sent by God to to be everywhere. Um, And then shortly after that, about... um, About a year later, um, then God told me that actually that's your husband and I'm not calling you to be single and I'm not calling you to be a missionary and travel the world. But I always thought, yeah, I'm going to end up going somewhere exotic, somewhere extravagant, you know, so that I'm the, I'm the cool missionary, you know, I'm out there in, the, in some, I don't know, deserted place where no one else has been before and meeting all their needs because I'm superwoman, not. Um, and then the Lord, with his sense of humour, sent us as a family to Ireland, cold, wet, praise the Lord. <laughs> so you see, sometimes we have ideas of what we think things are going to look like and God's plan is completely different. Um, but anyway, back on track to this. Um, so Pastor Clive also mentioned about being, um, changing from being driven to a place of being led by the Holy Spirit, slowing down enough to give space for the Holy Spirit to lead us. So I think over the years, I definitely can hear the Holy Spirit because at 16, he told me I was going to be a nurse. So I definitely don't have a problem with that. Um, my problem has been this roller coaster of being driven and squeezing God out to getting so overwhelmed with life that I run back to God, I get refilled, And then I'm great and great and great and I can hear the Lord and I'm led by the Spirit and then I get distracted by works again and I'm all caught up and busy, busy, busy. That is kind of... Is this true, Gary? Yeah. Okay. So this has kind of been my my mentality, if you like. This is how I am. And I've jumped about a bit already because I know this isn't on the page. Um, And... I am just going to read a scripture to you really quickly from Psalm 32. 32 and verse 8 to 9. Um, we've got a lot to get through, so I'm not going to wait for you to keep up with me unless you can tap it in and it's already there. It says, I will instruct you. And teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Well, the Lord can't instruct you and teach you if you don't pause long enough to listen. If you're rushing around to being busy, being busy and distracted by this, that, and the other, there's no space in your head for God. He's squeezed out. Um, yeah, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule. I've been like the horse. I've been like the horse that even even sometimes in my history, I've heard from the Lord and I've ran. I've run away with it. A bit like the nursing and the, the boy that I was interested in. And so actually, yeah, I'm going to be single. I got carried away and I was off running ahead of God. Didn't wait long enough to be led. And God had to kind of stop me and slow me down. And I know this morning is a bit more like the horse mentality than the mule mentality. Because if you're like the mule, you're more likely to be, um, well, I've heard the Lord. Oh, I need to test it. Okay, that's really good. That's tested. Mm, I might might just test it again. Or I might just test it again. And suddenly you've missed the boat. Because you're too slow and nervous to step out in obedience. So there's kind of extremes, isn't there? So I'm just going to really quickly call Joan up. She is expecting this. Joan, can you come up, please? And she just wants to share a really briefly a testimony.
0: And I only knew about it half an hour ago. Yeah. I shared in the group that, and I'll, I'll probably say a little bit more, um, <clears throat> um, I belong to a, a different church about th- Thirty years ago, and the church. How do you put that there? Uh, The the church had a a Christian dance um, troupe who came to lead a weekend, and the the theme was abiding Christ, and so they did all sorts of things. And one of the things that they did towards the end, uh, we had to um, pick a stone out of a um, a basket, and um, and you had to sort of say, well, what is God saying to me about this stone? And I had this nice golden stone, and it had. A lot of white, horrible stuff on it. And God said to me, that's what your overworking looks like to me. Because I was, I was um, always a workaholic, really, and quite driven. And, um, um, and I just collapsed in a whole pile of tears. And I was sort of surrounded by wet. And I don't, I'm not a crier. Um, and a number of people there felt as if they wanted to come and comfort me. And God said to them, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And the Lord showed me that it was a fear of failure. Um, and I was actually delivered at that point. And from then on, I wasn't driven, although I think I'm a little bit hardwired still, uh, driven um, in, in the past. But everything I did after that, I actually enjoyed. It could be driving the car, it could be polishing a table. I got enjoyment out of life instead of being driven. And then over the years, I had to walk it out, really, so from, from time to time, I'd find myself getting a bit busy. And then I would be sort of looking for the next thing, and then I'd just have a, a sense in my stomach, stop. For someone else, it probably is a very good idea, but for you, it's not. And it had to be something that had to be um, um, sort of, um, it was a choice, and it was a choice of a, being obedient to God, because he knows what's best and uh, but it's something I've had to walk out over the years really and fairly recently I've had a a word from a friend and she said the Lord's telling you to be to to rest in him just rest in him because another little thing really that the time that we were fasting earlier on I said God what shall I fast he said don't he said just just abide in me (laughs) and uh, and so this friend was saying that this is what God's saying. And she gave me a present today. It's got lots of smellies and everything in it. And it's, this is what God's saying. This is what you've got to do now. And she said just the other day, she said, God's saying, you've still got to stop. Because if you don't, I'll stop you. Which is a bit of a threat, isn't it, really? <laughs> so although, having said that, I'm actually taking an awful lot more time out gradually over the years but particularly the last couple of years i'm having a lot more time um but it's something it's a daily choice in its obedience really to say stop you know
1: yeah very good um there's a couple of things that we're kind of i won't, i might forget to refer to joan but it kind of weaves in very nicely with some of the things that I have to share with you. So that one of the other things that Pastor Clive said was um, along the lines of, stop living at the world's tempo, tempo and start living at the tempo of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. So in this going round in circles, going up and down in my journey, I kind of hit that again, that same issue again, Towards the end of the year, Gary had become ill. I was doing too much, lots of doing too much, and getting really frazzled. frazzled and it made me, it made me really ill. And then we were um, entering the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and, um, and one of the one of the meetings, Pastor Clive was actually teaching on um, praying in the spirit and actually for certain things you need to slow down when you're praying in the spirit and be really deliberate but in all of this he said a couple of statements and God really spoke to me not about praying in the spirit but about my life Um, and it was this that all my life I've been running through life as though um, life was a sprint so I've been sprinting my way through life And burning out sprinting and burning out and what God showed me was or reminded me which sounds really obvious now and I feel a bit stupid life isn't a sprint it's a marathon marathon runners they don't sprint because they can't last the journey they pace themselves and they run wise so we are called to run but we're called to run wise and like Joan mentions about um, being obedient to the Lord, and we're called to run wise and run in obedience to God. Okay. And the other thing the Lord said to me at that time, and we are we are going to look at this uh, if I can find it, um, is He said to me that you've got to stop being a Martha. And it's time to be a Mary. Um, And Martha was so preoccupied with the stuff that she had to get done because that's perhaps what she felt she was called to do. Perhaps that's what she felt was the right thing to do. But she was so preoccupied with doing what she felt was right that she missed an opportunity and made a. An unwise choice, whereas Mary chose the wiser thing. So um I might not turn to it, I'm just keeping on the time. Um so if you don't know that story, Jesus came to visit Mary and Martha, who were sisters, and Mary was getting stressed out basically in the kitchen doing all the serving. Um did I say that right? Martha was busy stressed out in the kitchen doing all the serving. But Mary chose to sit in the presence of Jesus. She made a deliberate choice to do the right thing, which you can imagine in so many different situations, we'd be like, oh, my life, there's all this stuff to do, and you're just sitting there doing nothing while I'm doing all the hard work. So you can imagine Martha actually feeling quite pressured and quite stressed. But Jesus tells her, Mary chose the right thing to do, which was to sit at the feet of Jesus. Um, The devil wants us to be too busy He wants us to be so caught up with the cares of the world, so caught up with busyness and even ministry and serving God and thinking we're in the will of God, so caught up that we're too busy to hear the Holy Spirit, that we're too preoccupied to hear what God is saying. And therefore we miss wonderful opportunities in our journey with him to be used by him for the miraculous and to minister to other people. Because guess what? We're all called We are all called. If you belong to him, you are called. If you belong to him, you are sent. It's like the the thing like, you know, some are evangelists, some are prophets. And a lot of people about the evangelism will be like, well, I'm not an evangelist. No, but you're a witness. You're all called to be witnesses. It's a bit like the prayer. Well, I'm not really um, called in that area of, of ministry. No, but you're all called to pray. You're all called to have a relationship with God. You're all called into relationship and out of relationship to walk in obedience. And the devil doesn't want us producing eternal fruit for the kingdom of God and he doesn't want us productive. And he wants to use the circumstances of our life to drown out the voice of God. Now I've forgotten the phrase... Um, So I might need one of the worshippers to help me. But we were singing crowns. And what was that bit that comes out about it it drowns out all other names? His, sorry? Heaven. So would you, because it's quite a wordy song, isn't it, really, if you think about it. Sorry, Toby. Would you just explain to everyone what that might
2: mean? Yeah, yeah. So Heaven's Anthem. Yeah, so it's quite wordy, isn't it? Heaven's anthem roars with praise. It drowns out all other names. Um, I think the essence, Fraser wrote this song, um, the essence of that line is the song that essentially is the chorus, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That song that they're singing in in heaven drowns out all other names. Um, Yeah, and it roars with praise.
1: Brilliant. So for us, we can't have that... um, I've forgotten it myself now. Now I've asked you to say it. Drowning out all other names, all the wrong stuff, all the wrong things in our life, all the issues and all the circumstances if we are never in the presence of God if we never make that choice to sit at the feet of Jesus, to enter into worship with him, to delve into his Word and hear what he has to say to us, then we're not going to have that anthem joining, or us joining with that anthem, to drown out all the lie of the enemy and the circumstances of life. Thank you. So Jesus in some respects, we know, wasn't any different to us. That sounds like almost a disrespectful thing to say. But at the end of the day, the Father sent him to earth as man, as a human being, so that he would experience life as a person and still, in his perfection, do what needed to be done to save us. So he knew what it was like to be busy in ministry. He knew what it was like to be... um, So inundated with the success of his ministry, with thousands of people following him around, hundreds of people um, pushing through. And we know all about so many miraculous stories, like the woman with the issue of blood who had to push through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment and she received healing. Jesus was not sitting there doing nothing, he was a very busy man of God. He is God, but he was very busy. And yet in that busyness, he chose the right thing, just like Mary. Because frequently, Jesus would withdraw from the crowds, withdraw from the distractions of life, withdraw from the busyness, withdraw from the preoccupation, and choose to go and spend time in the presence of his Father. And I think, oh dear, This is where I've been going wrong. That actually I've allowed so much stuff to crowd my time that I don't have, I suddenly don't have time to linger in his presence. And when that happens, it's really hard to be in a place of hearing God. Because actually, like if you petition God for something, if you come to him with your, your prayers and thanksgivings, and your requests, which we're told to make known to him. We're told to come before him. Sometimes it's not just that we want him to fix the problem. Sometimes we need him to tell us the answer. We, need, we don't know what he's saying about it. Um, but what I have learned over the years is the answer doesn't always come in his presence. It comes often some point Later on, that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit speaks about that very circumstance you might have prayed about a month ago. And all of a sudden, He speaks and and brings revelation. But that revelation can't come if I'm never in His presence. And in the same way, we are sent, we are called. And we can't respond to the Holy Spirit in what we're called to do if we don't bother to spend time in his presence. So I just want to ask, because we are running out of time, but I just want, is Stephen here? I can't see you. Yeah, can you really quickly come up and just, just share what I asked you to, please?
2: I'm not sure what I was going to share. Is that relevant? To what you're talking about, I know that I'm guilty of not spending time in God's presence as much as I should. But That's not um, that bit. That, okay, that,
1: you just listen to whatever else God says to you on that. But it's specifically your heart about why you go out and do what you do. Oh,
2: okay. I go out to do what I do because I feel compelled to do it. Um, I'm called to be a witness, and I'm called to release the power of God to help people be healed. it's God's will for our lives, all of our lives. So, sorry, I'm very scared to talk. Um, But yeah, we see a lot of people, I feel scared when I go out on the street as well, but I just do it anyway, because the last, the the only thing we have to overcome is fear. Fear is the one thing that stops you, and if if you let it stop you, you've lost, you know, so you have to do what you really don't want to do, I really don't want to do this, so as you can see. But, um, yeah, we see God just shows up. When I went out with the Bible students the other day, uh, I was really scared because I thought, you know, I, I'm the healer. Everyone, you know, I do my own outreach groups. Everyone's, everyone wants to see healing. And I felt under pressure. I thought, oh, wow, going out with the Bible students, they've got to see some healing. And um, Niall gave some testimonies last week about three people that got healed. Uh, two people that got healed. Um, and they were the first two people we spoke to. God just healed them straight away. And I was thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) His grace is sufficient. You know, if you want to step out and represent him, he wants you to do that more than you do. So, you know, just take a step of faith and just stand up and command those demons to leave, that body to line up with the truth, and you'll see the same results as I do. You know, it's God's power. I can't heal anybody. I just... I've learnt that we believe a lot of wrong things, you know, that you've been taught in church probably, you know, like generational curses, God's timing. God's timing was 2,000 years ago. You know, He's already done it. He can't give us any more than He's already given us. Um, It's up to us to stand up in the truth and command the bodies to line up with the truth because He's already bled and died and been beaten, unrecognizable. You know, it's very important to Him. Um, so important that he, he willingly submitted to that absolute hor- horrific beating. So, you know, it's very important to me, too, to, to release what he's put in me. So, and I'm learning. There's no other way to learn than to actually do it. You can read the Bible for 20 years and never see the power of God. It's only when you go out and put into action your faith, because faith has to be tested that you'll actually see the results of, you know, what you believe. But if, um, but I listened to the DHT, which is, a, I, I would say, I would encourage you to listen to it because it undoes a lot of the, the wrong teaching. It's gone off. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for that. That's really important. Oops. <laughs> um, it's not that we're all c- called to go out and be Stephen. Now, some of you might feel a similar call. That is a call. You've been sent by God. You have that. You said you felt you feel compelled to go. That sounds to me like a calling of the Lord. You're being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Um, But for every one of us, it looks like something different. So it might be deliberate and planned. I'm going out there. That's deliberately what I'm going to do. God has sent me out. I'm going to go and be a witness on the streets. I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'm going to cast out demons. I'm going to disciple all nations in the name of Jesus. Amen. But for most of us, living that day by day might look very different to how Stephen lives that. And sometimes it's about To to stretch that faith, it's about starting with the small thing. So for example, one day, two or three years ago, I had a couple of guys, some random guys knock on the door. I hate people knocking on my front door. I really is not my thing. It's like an invasion of privacy. I'm the type of person, if I'm not in the mood, I'll just pretend I'm not in. Um, But I felt the Lord say, open the door. And there was these two young guys at the door and... um, They were like, oh, we see your gutters are full of leaves. We want to charge you such and such. And normally I'd be like, no thanks. It's not even my house, it's rented. No thanks. And I had to check in my spirit. And I thought, no, book them in. Um, And I I don't know if they did it there and then. But anyway, um, while they were cleaning the gutters... I think they came back to do it, and the Lord spoke to me, You're to give them one, uh, this specific book. I can't remember what one. It was by Pastor Colin. It was out of the True series. You know, they do. They, if you've seen them, there's like these little good uh, books True God, True Spirit, True Salvation. And one of them, I can't remember which one. And I felt the Lord say, You're to go out and give them that book. And when you go to give it to them, I'm going to fill your mouth with the right words to say. And um, so I was a bit hesitant. And I went out there, like deep breath, gave the word to, gave the book to, suddenly found myself turning to one guy in specific, spoke generally to both of them, and then turned to this one guy again. And I I can't remember all the details, but God gave me something really personal for him. So sometimes that is, I was a bit nervous. I didn't know these guys, you know how they were going to respond. They were a bit rough around the edges. Um... But you know what? They stood there and I could tell that they were humbling themselves to receive the word. They had no Christian background. And this guy took it away and he was genuinely, thank you so much. Now, I don't know what the long-term outcome of that obedient step is going to look like for him. I've done my bit, and then, of course, I went home, went in, I prayed over him, and I've given it to God. I don't feel led to pray for for him for the next 20 years. God hasn't told me to. But sometimes it's that small step of of obedience and listening to the Holy Spirit. But if you are not ever in the presence of God, you're rarely going to hear him, because everything else is going to shout much louder than the voice of the Lord. And really, I feel this morning that, We need to make space for God. Um, I just want to listen to God and make sure I'm not missing anything strategic before we go into the next thing. Um, There is one more thing. and There's two more things. The first one is, um, there's a a prophetic statement, if you like, in Isaiah about Jesus. And I'm just going to read it out, a little bit of it, not the whole thing. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. Um, Jesus is in us. That promise, that word that was prophesying Jesus' anointing is ours. If you belong to him, that's what you're called to do to do the same as Jesus Jesus did and greater. That's what the word says. We are called to be like Jesus and be expectant to be going out. We're not all called to be like I thought, missionary traveling the world. We're missionaries wherever God has placed you, in your street, in your workplace, with your family, however that looks, and walking in obedience to God. And the other thing that I really felt was pressing, because we... We have an issue, okay, as people, is we make excuses. We are too busy to pause. Well, that's the problem in itself, isn't it? Time to make space. We're too tired. We're too stressed. We've got no money. Uh, We're too distracted by our children, for example, Um, etc., etc. So just a reminder what the Lord says about his burden being easy and his burden is light. Again, you're carrying, some of you are carrying what you shouldn't be carrying because you've stopped entering into the presence of God. And you need to come back to him. You can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. We need him. We need him. We're we're the empty vessel that needs to be filled with the power of God. We need the fire of God in our heart. We need passion and heat. It sounds bizarre. Because when you draw away and pull away and don't bother. Your heart gets cold quite quickly. We need to come right into his very presence. Yeah, it might be uncomfortable and there might be some refining work to do and he might do a bit of moulding and reshaping and he might do a bit of a healing work in your heart. But we need the, the power of God in our lives to make the difference. We can't do it without him. Amen. So the last thing I'm going to read to you is from Matthew and it's really to attack all the buts, all the buts in our life that says, well, we haven't really got time for God's." Because we won't say it like that. If you're a Christian, you might not say it like that, but you'll live it like it. Um, so it's Matthew 6. And it's 25 onwards. There are, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than clothes, and sorry, food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Let your heavenly Father feed them. Are you not more, sorry, I can't read it. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit of his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? "'Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. "'They neither toil nor spin. "'And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory "'was not arrayed like one of these. "'Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, "'which today is and tomorrow thrown into the fire, "'will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith?' Therefore, do not worry saying what we shall eat or what we shall drink or what we shall wear. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And this is the key. So don't matter what your hassle is, no matter what your issue is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. sufficient for the day of... Is its own trouble. Um, the other thing, as I, as I just draw this to a close, is um, something that Pastor Rohan was saying during the worship time about not being satisfied. Don't be satisfied with it where you're at today. And even if you think, wow, I'm on top of the world, it's fantastic. There's so much more to God than what you've already experienced. Don't be satisfied because it's so easy to come to a place where we slip back into that complacency. We slip back into being a little bit harder, a little bit colder because we thought we could just stay where we are. And actually God is saying, I want to give you more. But you need to come into my presence and and have a fresh filling of my holy spirit you need to allow, to allow me to touch your heart to touch your life you need to be humble enough to say you know i can't do this but you can lord come so we were crying out weren't we in the, during the singing we were, we were saying yeah, give us more give us more more of you God, thank you Lord God you are our refreshing you are our strength you are our joy you are all we need, all we need thank you Lord hallelujah, hallelujah thank you Lord, I really believe that if we make a decision that we are going to regularly press into him not just corporately, individually when you go home, when you You do that praying behind the closed door that you would press into Him and receive from Him. The reward is there and the reward is coming in great quantities. And the word that He's given me is out of you will flow rivers of living water. Out of you will flow rivers of living water. If you will seek me, you will find me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah praise you Lord God. So as we go through this week, let us now just make that conscious choice, that conscious decision before our God that we are going to seek Him, that we are going to pursue Him and that we are not going to let go. We are going to be like Jacob who wrestled with God and would not let go until the blessing was received. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's just shout a praise of hallelujah to him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit
1: www.kingdomfaith.com.